0: Oh, man, the childlike wonder of this night. I don't think anything is quite like Christmas Eve, is it, in the eyes of a child? Been waiting for this night, most of them, for a whole month. It's like this is what they've been waiting for. I understand we've been going to family and friends and getting some gifts here or or there, but this is the night. This is the night. Tonight's what most of these kiddos have been waiting for, haven't they? Tonight is the night that I remember as a kid, I had the most difficult time getting to sleep. Part of it was I wanted to catch that dude. But then another part, I wanted to sleep, right? So I did not wanna sleep, wanted to make the catch, but I did wanna sleep because I couldn't wait till the morning. I couldn't wait to get up. Because I knew, like most kids know, that tomorrow is when the real gifts happen. It's when the biggies arrive, right? Tomorrow is when everything in my life changes If I just get that one thing I'll never have to ask for anything again I'll be happy I'll be satisfied forever I've been through a lot of different things uh, Those things Like you remember the frantic search for Tickle Me Elmo? Yeah, yeah Or what about the Cabbage Pats Kids craze? I remember like one of the radio stations said they're going to be dropping 100,000 of them in like at Anaheim Stadium and thousands of people showed up and it was just a prank. I thought that was pretty funny. But I also remember the Rubik's Cube came around. and I just need a Rubik's Cube. I, you know, still to this day, I've never figured out how that thing works, but that's okay. It's another story. But I remember all those things. But nothing has captured me as an adult where I was kind of like, man, do I wish I was a kid because that is awesome as much as something that happened just a couple years ago. A couple years ago it was on Christmas day and I was gonna go to my in-laws, they live in Temecula here. And so I decided I was gonna go and take a kind of a drive through to other neighborhoods. because I wanna see what's going on at Christmas day on the neighborhoods, like who's out, what's happening. And I remember coming around a corner and I like stopped my car because coming at me was this gang of kids. And it was a gang of kids that were floating down the street on these hovering skateboards called hoverboards. And I could not believe it It was like back to the future right in front of me. They were just like, "Mm," just jamming down the street. And I remember going, that is awesome. And I wish I was a kid because there's no way in the world I'm gonna step on one of those things. That is like an ER visit, no doubt about it for a guy like me. But I remember seeing that. And I couldn't imagine the anticipation of kids that Christmas Eve two years ago, hundreds of thousands of them around our country that are probably thinking, if I just get this hoverboard, my life will change forever and I will never have to walk again. <laughs> Ever. If you remember, 500,000 of them were recalled about a year later. They blew up and caught fire. It was awesome. <laughs> but I just remember that gift. Oh, man, the childlike wonder of Christmas. And Christmas Eve is so powerful. And every Christmas Eve during this service, we sing that song we just sang, Oh Holy Night. And every year it captures me. Did it capture you? Kind of captures me. And it reminds me that on that night, some 2,000 years ago, there's gonna be a baby born. The ultimate gift was gonna be given. And guess what? Everything really did change. Everything did change. This week I was thinking about Mary and Joseph and I was thinking about their journey that they've been on. When they finally get to that place where there's no room in the inn and they, well, you can go out to the stable. We have a cave out there you can go in. And, you know, so they kind of kicked it there. And what was going on with the final joy when that baby finally came and they were looking at that child in their arms? What might have been going through their minds at that time? What were they thinking about? All that they were remembering that took place over the last nine months. I thought of Mary, and, and when she was looking at that baby, I mean, was she thinking about that voice from that angel that she heard? It's recorded in Luke chapter 1, verse 31, where it says, the, the angel said to Mary, you will be with child and give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus. And he will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. His kingdom will never end. And now she's looking at this baby, right? What about Joseph? I do think about Joseph a lot because I think of this young man that here he is nine months later, had quite a journey. He's been taking care of Mary. He's been walking alongside with her and I'm Sure, he's been dealing with a lot of stuff that's overwhelmed him over the last months of what has he gotten himself into and where is he out here and what's going on. But I wonder if now when that baby's there, was he thinking back about that dream that he had in Matthew chapter one, where he heard the voice that said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit and she will give birth to a son and you are to give him the name Jesus. Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. Could you imagine? He's now looking at that child. Or the day that that baby was born, there's those shepherds just minding their own business, doing their shepherd thing. And all of a sudden, an angel appears to them and says, do not be afraid, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord, and this will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in claws and laying in a manger. And suddenly, a great company of heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth, peace to men on whom his favor rests. What a night! Oh, holy night! A night set apart in history unlike any night before or since. Good news of great joy for all people. A savior is born. Sins will be forgiven. Peace on earth. A kingdom that will never end. It's on Christmas Day that God gave us the greatest gift. He gave us the gift of Jesus Christ. Emmanuel. God with us, and I was thinking of John chapter one verse nine, where it says, "In the true light that gives light to every man was come into the world." Referencing Jesus, He was the true light; was going to give light, light to every man. And I was thinking, man, what? Okay, here's that baby in the manger. What was Jesus going to illuminate? What ultimately was He going to shine so brightly to bring the light to every man? What was this gift? What was this gift? I read something recently from a pastor that I I read a book of his, and he said something that just stood out to me. I want to share it with you here. He just said this People have never seen God until they see Jesus. Every other portrait of God from whatever source is subordinate to the revelation of God given to us in Jesus Christ. And it hit me. It hit me. It hit me this morning when I was sitting there thinking about it. What is the gift? Our knowledge of God. God is the gift in Jesus Christ. It's our knowledge of God that is the gift. It's our understanding of who he is and what he has done. In John fourteen nine, Jesus says, anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. In Christ, we see God and all is well. Because love, grace, forgiveness, acceptance, hope, peace, and life shines so brightly through the life of Jesus, and it is to show us and to reveal to us who God is. I love Second Corinthians four six. It said, "For God made His made His light shine in our hearts, to give us the light of the knowledge of God in the face of Christ." I bet you they had no idea when they looked into that baby. This is a special one, right? It's going to give us the light of the knowledge of God. May we have a childlike wonder that Jesus is good news for all people. For it is through him that we see the glory of God and can know today and now that all is well.
1: (laughs) And that's what we've been trying to accomplish all December is to capture that childlike wonder that we sometimes lose when we grow up. We get a little older, we get a little jaded, a bit, a bit negative, a bit cynical, and that happens to all of us, right? Because we listen to this, this childlike wonder of a declaration that says, all is well, and then we look at the world around us, kind of that real world, the adult world around us, and we think to ourselves, you know what, all isn't well. There are people with very real problems. There are people who struggle, especially this time of year with the emotional um, emotional struggles, or maybe there's a, a, a health diagnosis or financial troubles. This time of year could be very difficult for some people. There could be relationship disconnects that are felt very deeply this time of year. Families could be breaking apart. One of the great privileges we have here at Rancho is to walk alongside dozens of families, sometimes hundreds at a time, who are struggling and just need a little boost through counseling, through friendship, through classes, to, to strengthen families, but sometimes, that doesn't end well and all isn't well. There are some parts of the world that are wrapped with poverty, disease, injustice, violence and war and things are not well in that part of the world. The more we live and experience this life and the more we notice the pain around us, the more we ourselves are are hit with struggles or disappointments or hardship, the more our childlike eyes close and our adult eyes open, we grow up and become a little bit cynical our imagination is dulled. Our positive outlook it fades and those childlike eyes close. Now, this can be true even at Christmas. We can become cynical and frustrated even at Christmas. Believe it or not, it can happen to all of us, right? There's frustration with the busyness of this season. I have heard that probably more than any other complaint this season. I'm so busy, I'm so overwhelmed. I've got this list of things I have to do, right? People are coming over, the house has got to be fixed, house has got to be cleaned, food's got to be made, gifts have got to be purchased, right? Some of you right now are thinking about the things you have to do tonight when you get out of here. Hope this guy doesn't go too long. I thought with the first preacher we were done, now we got a second one. There might be, fr- <laughs> I, I'm with you. <laughs> there might be frustration with your family. You know, everybody's got a crazy family, Everybody. You got, you got wacko Uncle Louie who can't stop talking about politics or religion. You've got, you know, this in-law who's just waiting for you to make a mistake, to pounce on you. You've got this nephew who's just this terror-breaking things. Every single one of our families are dysfunctional, beautifully dysfunctional. There's frustration with traffic, right? I don't want to get out of my house. I don't want to go to my driveway. Anytime in December, right? It's too much for me. I just want to be sequestered. Um, traffic is nuts. I think it's easier for me to go to Manila right now than it is for me to go to the mall. No joke. Two days ago, my wife came to me, terror in her eyes, and she grabbed my hands, and she said, honey, I'm going to the mall, then to Costco. (laughs) I wept for her, and I said, sweetheart, you're a better person than I am, you know, I just hope you get back for Christmas, and if you don't, just know, we are really going to have a good time. Hope you make it. There's frustration with retailers. I had a big shipment that was scheduled to come in on the 22nd. On the 21st, they said it will be here on the 26th. And I said, note: just burn it then, it doesn't matter. After the 25th, it doesn't matter. Now, who's at fault? I should have ordered it a little earlier than the 20th. <laughs> I should have, I didn't. So there's a mess, it's frustrating. Unmet expectations, a lot of us have this idea of what the holidays should look like, how families just ought to flow wonderfully with all smiles together, hitherto and thereto, and it should just be this wonderful experience. And when those expectations aren't met, we can get a little aggravated. This is where adult eyes are open wide, and they can be a little jaded, a little cynical, a little negative, a little frustrated. But tonight, and hopefully tomorrow, at least in the morning, Let's try to close those adult eyes and let's try to open these childlike eyes and have this wonderful, beautiful, mystical, even if I can say magical moment of embracing God's grace, embracing the simplicity of this message of Jesus Christ and this relationship of love that he wants with us and he wants us to share with the world. Here's the truth that we want to recapture this Christmas Eve. The truth is this, all is well between God and us. That's the truth. All is well between God and us. It's a very simple message, but adult eyes can't perceive that message. Adult eyes that are a little bit jaded uh, but live in a world of back and forth. Uh, You get what you deserve. You do something good, reward comes to you. You do something bad, bad comes to you. That's just the adult world that we live in. The childlike wonder just sees with absolute innocence a truth that seems too good to believe that we are good with God. All is well between God and us. Now, you may not believe that, primarily because you may have grown up in church, and church is the worst place to be if you want to learn anything about God's grace. I mean, I'm just being honest with you. So much of church experience is about God is mad at you, God's wrath is toward you, he is eager to condemn you. If you don't straighten yourself up, if you don't you know, adhere to the religious rules, if you're not a moral person, a good person, a generous person, if you don't follow the expectations you know, of, of the church code, then then you're out of God's grace. That's just normal. And so to hear a message that all is well between God and us, it seems nearly unbelievable. Why? Because we know We're not perfect. We've made mistakes. Some of us have made terrible mistakes, right? And we live with the guilt of that. And that guilt weighs heavily upon us. And then we have these religious voices, right? You disappointed God. God is disappointed with you. His wrath is coming. His condemnation is coming, even maybe forever. And it's guilt and threats and manipulation. That's why so many people just bail from the church. Because none of us can meet the expectations that the church life sort of talks about. Any religious life talks about. So here we are on Christmas Eve. Some of you didn't even know you'd be here on Christmas Eve. You just thought you were visiting family, and then the family says, oh, we're going to church. You're like, what? I left that place a long time ago. Well, you're here thinking you were coming to a church deal. It's really much simpler than that. It's just celebrating a very simple message of God's grace. Very simple message of God's grace. All is well between God and you. It is that simple because it doesn't depend on us. It doesn't depend on us. God does not expect us to abide by all the rules to earn our favor with him. God just simply says, I love you, I forgive you, and I've proven that by sending my son Jesus to live a life of grace, to die on a cross to bear the suffering and the sin of the world upon himself, to die for it once for all and to rise again into victory. God says, I've got it taken care of. All is well between you and me. How does that work? It it, it works through the eyes of a child. Let's just do a hypothetical here. You go home, one of your little kids playing with the tree, shouldn't play with the tree, but your, your, your crystal, your beautiful crystal ornament falls and breaks. Kids crying, you want to cry, but you don't. You don't. Shouldn't have been doing that. Accidents happen. You kind of messed up. There's two responses. One is a response of wrath, just going off on that child. They made a mistake, they deserve it, right? And the wrath and the vengeance falls upon that child. That's how we think of God very often. Did something we shouldn't have done, made a mistake, and God's wrath falls down. I I, I had a horrible experience, this is several weeks ago. I learned that a gentleman lived the greater part of his life with the belief that because he wasn't religious enough, God caused his daughter to be in a terrible, horrific car accident. Lived his life under that weight. There's a different response, and that's not a response of wrath and vengeance, but a response of forgiveness. Child breaks an ornament, very expensive ornament, shouldn't have been doing that. I forgive you. It's good. Hugs, kisses, daughter might be crying, you're hugging, you're kissing. It's going to be fine. Let's clean this up together. Let's learn a lesson or two but let's move on. We're good. It's as simple as that. That's what the Christmas message is all about. That's the light of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is the proof that God's love and grace and favor and kindness and mercy and forgiveness is upon us. Childlike wonder says, I'm simply going to choose to believe that. Right here and right now, I'm going to choose to believe that, that God's a loving heavenly father. That's called belief. That childlike wonder is just belief. Belief in something we can't see, belief in something we can't proven a science lab. It's just a belief that there's a God out there who happens to be a heavenly father and forgives us and wants us to enjoy his love and enjoy loving others. That's the message of Christmas. That's the message of the coming of Christ. In John chapter one, verse four, in him, in Christ was life and that life was the light of men. Jesus Christ came in love, he came in mercy, he came in forgiveness, and that brought light to a dark world. Later in John 1, 12, to all who received him, to those who believe in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. When our eyes are open to the reality that God is a heavenly father who loves us, is eager to to forgive us, not to condemn us, when we see God as a heavenly father, that's where life happens, eternal life happens, where we understand and believe and know, I'm a child of God. He's not this ominous force ready to pour down wrath. He's my father, and I'm his child, and I'm going to receive that. And Jesus Christ is the proof of that. That's what makes life truly worth living. John 1.17 puts it this way. For the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. The law through Moses is the religious rule book. Have you ever read the religious rule book? Have you ever tried to get through the Old Testament, first five books of the Bible? It's a doozy. I'm a pastor, and I can barely get through it. Why? It's a law book. It's a rule book, right? And, and, and people misunderstood the rule book as the ladder to earn God's favor. It's not. It's just to show us that no one can abide by the rule book. No one. And here comes Jesus, not bringing another rule book, but bringing grace and truth. Jesus says, I've got this covered. And he did, he had it covered. Every time we fail, he paid the price rose again from the dead in victory to prove that that rule book had its place to point to the grace of Jesus Christ. And now, all God wants us to do is enjoy his love and enjoy loving others. It is truly as simple as that. See, 2,000 years ago, Jesus came as a single flicker of light in a very, very dark world. The world was full of war, full of violence and disease and poverty, full of injustice and the light of God through Jesus Christ was born, born of a peasant family, born as a refugee without a home, born in a barn and laid in a feed trough. This was the savior of the world. And the savior of the world wouldn't just come as a single flicker of light in the vast darkness of this world. He passed on that light And he did so first to the 12 disciples. These were his closest friends who were with him from the very beginning. And he showed them light. He showed them love. He showed them grace. He showed them how to reach out to those who were poor, to reach out to those who were lost, to reach out to those who were lonely, to reach out to those who needed friendship, to reach out to the poor, to reach out to the outcast, to reach out to the destitute and he equipped them to love. Over time, there were hundreds, then thousands of followers of Jesus Christ, and then he laid down his life for us all. Right now, there are about two billion people honoring our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, this very day. The light and the love of Jesus Christ is spreading across the world like never before in human history. It's not about adhering to a religious rule book. It is simply about Receiving the grace of God unconditionally given through Jesus Christ. God is a heavenly father and he just loves you right now. No matter who you are, no matter what you've done, he just simply loves you. And he wants you to know that. He's proven that through Jesus Christ. He wants you to receive that light, receive that love, then pass it on. And all of it began 2,000 years ago on that silent night. Let's sing this together. Thank you.
0: The Savior is, born. Christ the Savior is born.
1: Would you very carefully uh, stand up and uh, lift the light that symbolizes the love that God has for you. It is the light of the world. This world is still very often dark and painful, but the light of Jesus Christ shines brightly. And together we can receive that love and grace through Jesus Christ, and together we can share that with the world. And so it's my hope and prayer that this Christmas you will try to avoid the negativity that kind of comes with those adult eyes. Close those adult eyes and simply look at the people around you, look at the family around you, enjoy them. Enjoy your marriage, enjoy your extended family, enjoy your kids. Have a wonderful time together, choosing to love each other, choosing to forgive each other, choosing to bear one another's burdens, choosing to live out the light and love of Jesus Christ that unconditionally pours out grace and forgiveness and kindness towards you. So in light of the love that God shows us through Jesus Christ, I want to wish you a very Merry Christmas.